Hello, and thanks for listening to PXP Podcast. It's a show about leadership, self-development, personal growth, and accountability. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow. Now, you can catch our podcast on almost any platform or directly from our website at pxppodcast.com. To hear it hot off the press, check out our host on the Podbean app. If you have questions or want to hear a particular topic discussed or even want to be a guest on the show, connect with me on social and send me a message. Now, are you ready to kick off today's episode? All right, here we go. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening. Today, we're going to dive headfirst into a topic that affects all of us, and that is navigating workplace drama. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow, and by way of a listener request, we're going to talk about some strategies that will help you maintain your sanity and your professionalism at the same time, both of those amidst the storm of office conflicts, which we know all exist, right? So picture this. You walk into the office and uh, you're ready to tackle the day's tasks. You probably even listen to maybe a podcast on the way in. You're fired up. You Maybe you went through some of your affirmations and you are ready to get the day started. You know what I'm talking about? It's one of those days. It's going to be a good day. And then suddenly... You are caught in the crossfire of some workplace drama. Do you, does that sound familiar? Do you recognize that? Whether it's gossip or whether it's misunderstandings or whether it's a power struggle, these situations can absolutely drain your energy and, and they can also hinder your productivity. But as the old saying goes, fear not, my friend. There are ways to navigate this topic while keeping your cool and focusing on the things that truly matter. Okay, so let's first establish a baseline. And let's acknowledge that workplace drama is inevitable. Now, you may be shaking your head at me and you may be thinking, wait, wait, what? It's inevitable? I thought you were going to tell me today how to avoid workplace drama. And now you're telling me that it's inevitable? Listen. It's often said that we spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our own family. And how many of you listening, be honest, how many of you listening have zero drama in your family? If you raised your hand, then you're telling a lie, right? Exactly. So to expect no drama in the workplace is unreasonable. I get it. Listen, I, I totally understand We want everyone to come to work and we want them to act professional and we want them to be on their best behavior in the workplace. But look, people are people and they have emotions. And sometimes those emotions get the best of them. And sometimes emotions are out of a desire to excel and to do better. You don't have robots working for you. You have people working for you. And sometimes those people have conflicts that need to be worked through. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all workplace drama is unavoidable because sometimes these conflicts that we have to work through, sometimes they're self-inflicted or they come from a place of jealousy. And in those cases, you might have to deal with them a little differently. But in the end, your response is entirely within your control. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of dealing with 
with workplace or office drama. Okay, so, all right, so where do we begin? All right, if you're taking notes, here's where you're going to want to start writing some stuff down. All right, number one, start by active listening. All right, and here's what I mean by that. When a colleague approaches you and they've got concerns, be an empathetic listener. And that's going to do a couple things, right? Empathy. Remember we talked about empathy a couple podcasts ago? Empathy is when you understand where that person's coming from. It doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with them, but you understand where they're coming from, okay? So be an empathetic listener. This is going to do a few things. This is going to not only build trust, but it also is going to help you get to the bottom or the root of that issue, right? Uh, there's going to be at least two sides to every scenario. You know the old saying, it says there's, uh, there's two sides to every story, and then there's the truth, which sometimes falls in the middle somewhere, right? Addressing workplace drama is like untangling a knot. It requires you to be patient. Sometimes it requires you to make deliberate or even precise decisions or, or uh, actions. I want you to avoid jumping to conclusions or taking sides prematurely. But instead, your goal should be to understand the perspective of everyone involved. All right, so our goal is to find out what party A says, what party B says, maybe C, D, E, depending on how many people are involved in the drama. But the goal is to find out everyone's perspective and then take a step back, take it all in. We'll talk about how this moves forward, but the goal is to find out what everyone's perspective is, right? All right, number two. Number one was active listening. Start by active listening. Number two, lead by example. Showcase your professionalism right here, okay? Refuse to engage in the same office drama that you're trying to resolve. And I know that can be super hard, particularly when you might have uh, parties involved that maybe you have an opinion about. And don't tell me you don't have an opinion about some of the people that you work with, because you do, right? But, but you have to maintain your professionalism. You have to refuse to engage in the same gossip or same negativity that you are trying to fix. All right, your colleagues are going to notice that positive attitude. And if with any luck, hey, they might even follow suit. Remember the old saying, misery loves company? Well, that means that people are going to feed off of the negativity of others. And people like it when they're, you know, people want to be part of a crowd. And a negative person wants to add people to their negative crowd. We often talk about a team's culture and that it's rooted in the leader of that team. Many of you know that I'm an avid sports commentator. In fact, this afternoon, I'm going to be the PA announcer for a college football game. Uh, I do that almost every weekend. In a few weeks, I'm scheduled to fly out to Utah to call a game on the West Coast. And I see that coaches oftentimes, they know that they have to set the tone for the team. The coaches know where that comes from. You know that the word tone, you've heard that before, set the tone. You need to set the tone. Well, what does that mean? Tone is just another word for culture, right? It's, the, it's this immediate kind of active culture that's going on at any given time. That's the tone, right? I see it all the time. Coaches' attitudes often bleed over into their team. If you have a coach with a positive attitude, that team is often positive. I'm talking about the, in the, in the uh, realm of of sports right now, but obviously we can 
take this into the workplace. And so that's why I'm using this example. But if you have a coach with a positive attitude, what we often see is that team is also positive. You know, you have a coach with a positive attitude. You have a coach who's, who's uplifting and inspiring. And what do you see from the players? They're out there giving it their all, but you'll see little things like maybe they help an opposing teammate up off the, you know, up off the turf or they're concerned if one of them gets hurt or there's good sportsmanship, you know, those types of things. On the flip side of that, you have a coach with a negative attitude. And those are the teams that you often see trying to fight or cause drama on the field, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know where I'm going. The bottom line is how you act may dictate how everyone else on your team handles that workplace drama. So lead by example. All right. That's number two. Lead by example. Number one, start by active listening. Number two, lead by example. Number three, let's talk about addressing the drama head on. All right. When it's appropriate, you're going to want to initiate a private conversation with the individuals that are involved. Okay. We're going to talk a little later about having a conversation that's not private, but, but initially you need to find out what's going on. And so that often takes a private conversation with those involved. Sometimes it's called a seek to understand. Keep the tone neutral and focus on the facts in these meetings, right? This is not where we're trying to solve the problem or we're trying to inject our own opinion or we're trying to fuel the fire, right? The goal is resolution, not adding fuel to the fire. Imagine a, a, a situation where, let's say a colleague is spreading rumors about you. And instead of reacting emotionally, approach them in a calm, calm manner and ask about the source of the information, right? Go to the source. By keeping your composure, you're not only addressing the issue, but the bigger thing is that you are setting the standard on how you expect to be treated. Does that make sense? You're not only addressing the issue, but you're setting the standard on how you want to be treated. If you take the low road, you're giving them permission to do the very same thing. There was a clip I just thought of that I recorded. It's been, gosh, uh, probably a couple years ago. Uh, I recorded it for social media. And uh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on one second. Let me go see if I can find it. I recorded it through this um, service called Audiogram. And I think the website for them is like getaudiogram.com, I think. But it, it allows you to record some some voiceovers with a picture on the background and you can, um, you can allow yourself to um, put the words up on the screen and stuff like that. So let me see if I can find this. Hold on one second. All right, there it is. Okay, it's just going to be the recording. Um, I hope you can hear this. So this, I recorded this a couple years ago. It was for social media, but it, it talks about, um, you know, people will disappoint you, right? Sometimes people will take the low road but you have to take the high road. And I think that that's, that's part of what I talk about in this. So this was a couple years old, but I think it's appropriate right here. Let's listen. Let me let you in on a little secret. People are going to disappoint you. They're going to do things that you cannot believe. They're going to gossip about you. They're going to talk about you behind your back. If they have the guts, they might even say hurtful things to your face. It can be even harder when the people who hurt you may be the ones who you least expect. 
It might be a family member or a friend or a church member or a team member, someone in your inner circle. The bottom line is this. You cannot let what they do dictate how you respond. There's only one thing in this world that you can truly control, and that is your own self. How you react, what you say, what you do, all of that is within your control. When people take the low road, you take the high road. When people speak negatively about you, you continue to be the best version of you. Sometimes the best reaction is simply no reaction at all. When circumstances don't turn out like you want or like you think they should, you just keep grinding. Your day will come, your high road will pay off, and in the end, you will be the winner. Yes, that is what I was talking about. I was hoping that was the clip uh, that talked about people will disappoint you. They will. You got to take the high road. They got to take the low road. Sometimes one of the one of the my favorite pieces of that whole uh, clip right there is that sometimes the best response is no response at all. Oh, isn't that so good? Doesn't that come with maturity though? I I think that that you know you see this with particularly. Uh, not everyone, and I don't want to generalize, but just, you know, at, generally speaking, I said I don't want to generalize, and here I go generalizing, but uh, you see this with younger folks, I think, more so than than mature, maybe people that have been in, in the um, professional environment for a while, but you see that they want, they want to make their point at all cost, and the truth is, sometimes you don't have to make your point. I mean, sometimes it's just better left unsaid. You don't always have to prove that you are right. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not always important that you prove that you were right. Sometimes it's worth just leaving it alone, let it go, it doesn't matter. Right? There's a lot of freedom that comes uh from just letting things go. A tremendous amount of weight can be lifted off your shoulder when you just realize that some things are not worth stressing about. Let me say that again. There's a tremendous amount of freedom when you realize that some things are just not worth stressing about. So take the high road. Uh, I'll go back and I'm going to go back and post that uh, audiogram. Uh, I'll put that on the, uh, I'll put it out on all the social. I think it's, it's probably, uh, it's timeless. Uh, and I think it, um, it's only about a minute long. Um, so if you want to share that or anything, it'll be out there. I'll put it out there later today. But anyway. Having said all that, take the high road, stay professional. Remember, you're looking for resolution. You're not looking to fuel the fire. All right, so that's number three was um, when appropriate, initiate a private conversation, okay? We're going to address the the issue head on. All right, number four. And if you're keeping track, there's five points to my uh, my how-tos here today. There's five points. Um, some people ask me, how do you, how does your podcast structured? And... Usually what I do is I have a thought or something that I am uh, working through even in my own head or, um, you know, I I recall a situation um, from my past uh, or someone requests something uh, or I'm listening to a book or I'm listening to a podcast or something like that and it triggers, you know, a thought or an idea and I just want to expand on it. And then what I do is I just make kind of a rough outline of of the the bigger points that I want to hit. And uh, I just jot them down. Uh, I, I have an iPad that I write on, and I just jot those down on my iPad. Just, you know, just points. Like, so my number, my number four point uh, is effective communication is your secret weapon against workplace drama. That's my number four point. And then I expand on it from there. So people ask me all the time, how do you, 
what is your, how do you structure your podcast? How do you come up with it? Or how do you, you know, whatever. So that's what I do. I just, I just make a kind of a rough outline and then, um, and then I just talk. So number four, uh, effective communication. Golly, effective communication is paramount. And I could podcast forever about communication. It's really one of my passions is, is professional, effective, efficient communication. I think that the, the vast majority of conflict, personal and professional, okay, comes from a lack of communication. So effective communication is your secret weapon. That's where we're going to be able to, you know, resolve workplace drama, avoid to start with if you're in a position to avoid it, but also resolve it if you're in a position to help resolve it. So let's imagine a scenario where uh, two team members are constantly clashing. I like to use scenarios or stories. Uh, most of the time they're made up. But um, So if, if you're ever listening to a podcast and you think, was that about me? It was not about you. I don't podcast about people. Uh, I podcast about uh, ideas. So anyway, uh, stories help to help us to understand things. Imagine a scenario then where two people are just constantly clashing. All right. As a leader, you can facilitate a structured conversation. Right. You can help these two people try to work through this this uh, clashing or this drama or this uh, conflict that they might have between them. And it allows each party to express their concerns in a respectful environment, because that's what oftentimes will happen. Sometimes two people can get together and they can talk it out. And that's fantastic if they can. And as a leader, that is often my first recommendation is, have you two tried to work this out between yourselves? Before you get me involved, have you tried to work it out? And if they haven't, I'm going to send them back to the drawing table because you need to try to work it out on your own. You know, those two people that are involved in that drama, they need to try to work it out on their own. If they can't come to a resolution, that's when you get someone else involved, right? So that's when they, they come to you if you're the leader. So it allows them, though, to hash out the, the issues, to, to deal with the conflict in a, uh, in a, in a respectful, a, a controlled, respectful environment. Uh, what it's going to do for you as the leader or, or the facilitator or the mediator. Maybe you're not even a leader. Maybe you're not even their leader, but they, but they come to you and say, hey, you know, me and Johnny are, are having trouble, you know, getting along about this particular topic and we can't come to resolution. Would you help us mediate this? Or would you help sit in and, and, and just listen uh, and help guide the conversation? You may not even be in a leadership role when, if you get asked to do it, but, and what it's going to allow you to be able to do is control that emotional level of the meeting because that's what we need to keep in check is emotions. You can't separate emotions from the issue because like uh, Chris Voss says in Never Split the Difference, emotions are the issue. I mean, many times that's what the issue is, is emotions. You can't separate that, but you do need to control it, right? And that allows each of the team members the opportunity to be heard. And in the end, that is what some people want. They just want to be heard. I have worked through literally dozens and dozens of workplace conflicts using this exact technique. And I've seen team members, believe it or not, I've seen team members who go into a meeting like this, you know, wanting to strangle each other, just at each other's throats, and they come out of the meeting. And sometimes, you know, they may shake hands. Sometimes they, a big old hug. 
uh, you know, but they can, they, they come out of a meeting like this and they might be the best work friends. Sometimes you just got to work through those conflicts. And it's not always that there is a problem like gossiping or something like that. Sometimes it's just that, that people just want the best and they're passionate about it. And those passions just collide and they need someone to help them work through those issues and, and realize that, Hey, maybe both of them have good issues and here's how we're going to come together to you know, accomplish the overall goal. Sometimes two strong personalities, they just need a mediator of, of sorts to help them get to the root issue and to work through it. So that was number four, effective communication. Number five, and this is our last how-to, number five. And this one deals with if you're not in a leadership role because there's, there's plenty of times when you may not be in the leadership role to help resolve this this office conflict or this workplace conflict. Maybe you're the one that is, uh, is trying to avoid the conflict or you're, you're that team member that uh, has gotten drug into conflict or is someone's trying to drag you into conflict. And so number five is learn to set healthy boundaries with the colleagues who thrive on drama. Learn how to set healthy boundaries. So you're going to want to politely steer away from these conversations, right? You're going to want to steer away from the gossip, if you can, and redirect them towards more productive topics. And I get that that's sometimes hard, but look, that is how you lead without a title. That is how you lead from behind, is is setting the example, steering conversations away from workplace gossip or workplace drama. Make it known in the workplace that you are not the one to come to with gossip. Here's something you can take to the bank. If someone is gossiping to you, you know what I'm about to say, they are likely going to gossip about you as well, right? Someone who gossips generally is uh, is not uh, faithful in who they gossip about, right? When someone comes up to you and they want to start gossiping about someone, it's a lot easier to deflect or to turn that conversation if you're already prepared for it. So I recommend that you have a couple kind of pat statements that you're going to regurgitate if someone comes up to you and tries to draw you into some office drama. You know, you might, you might say something like, I'd rather not talk about them unless they're present. Or better yet, you might say something like, I just don't think that talking about someone behind their back is the most positive way for our team to be productive. Do you? Did you see what I did on the end there? Do you? Ask them at the end, do you? So I, was, I said, I just don't think that talking about someone behind their back is the most positive way for our team to be productive. Do you? What are they going to say to that? Right? When you ask them as if, if that's the most positive way for our team to be productive is to talk behind someone's back, what are they going to say? I mean, they might stammer. Yeah, but, but, but. And in the end, though, they know you're right. Number one, they're going to immediately recognize that they were gossiping and, and potentially causing drama, right? That's going to be the immediate effect. And number two, maybe more importantly, at least moving forward, is you just solidified your reputation as someone who does not gossip, right? So turn it back on them. You know, ask them a, a, a question that they have to answer to themselves. Finish it with, do you? And see what they say. And the last thing that I want to just briefly mention before we wrap this up is, in the end, 
I mean, your mental health, your mental well-being needs to be a priority. And if the workplace drama becomes overwhelming, that's when you need to seek support from a mentor, a supervisor, HR, somebody. Now, listen, I'm not advocating that you run to the boss every single time something is said in the workplace that you don't agree with, okay? That's going to happen. Those are things that we just work through. But there are times when the workplace drama needs to be dealt with, when it becomes overwhelming, when it becomes excessive. Those are things that need to be dealt with. And it's not a sign of weakness to ask for assistance, all right? It's actually a sign of strength and a sign of resilience and a sign that you want what's best for the company. So if help is needed, don't, don't uh, hesitate to seek that out, all right? So before we wrap up, let's, let's recap on those strategies. If you were taking notes, these should line up with your notes. But here's the, the five things that we talked about. Number one, listen actively and empathetically. Number two, lead by example. So stay positive and professional. Uh, number three, address the drama directly. And when appropriate, focus on a resolution. Don't fuel the fire. Focus on a resolution. Number four, utilize effective communication techniques. And, and this is hard because sometimes those conversations get really challenging. I get that. But you focus on using effective, professional uh, communication techniques. And then number five, set healthy boundaries and prioritize your own, you know, your own well-being, your own mental, mental well-being. So uh, those are five things, five nuggets, five little how-tos that you can use to, to deal with workplace drama, right? Well, that's about all the time that we've got for today. I went longer than I thought I would, but this topic is uh, extremely important and one that I'm super passionate about. So uh, I really wanted to share with you today. I hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please invite your five closest friends or maybe your 50 closest friends. But chances are that if you like it, your friends are going to like it too. But most of all, I hope that something that was said today helps you to become a better version of yourself. I'm your host, Jamie Yarrow, and I hope you have an amazing day.